Two down in the ninth. Bumgarner thrown. Robinson waits. Here comes the pitch. High drive. for Ken Griffey Jr. I don't believe what I just saw. Marion grabbed behind the back, flipped the second, on the first, a double play. Incredible. Swing and drive. Belton right. Welcome to the show. Are you ready to talk baseball? Well, step up to the plate. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime. And here's your host, Walter. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the podcast. Hope you all are doing well, staying safe, and being healthy. And we have made it. We are, I repeat, we are one week away from opening day, from first pitch to start off with the Nationals and the Yankees as the Nationals defend their 2019 World Series championship. But... You know, uh, before then, before now, it's always been a question of, is the season going to happen? Well, now we we do know that the season is most likely going to occur. I mean, we're a week away. If something does happen that that just destroys it, I would be very distraught. I know uh, it's the safety of the players that comes first. But we're a week away, guys. We're a week away. A lot of optimism to look forward to this 60-game stretch. Everyone is in first place with 60 games left to go. Really exciting things. But as we talk about the Nationals and the Yankees, the certainty is that there is going to be a season at least to start. But the uncertainty is, especially for the Nationals, where will they play? Are there going to be, is there going to be a home for the Nationals? And the Nationals aren't the only team that is facing that dilemma. We'll talk about that uh, in this podcast. We have a lot going on. Uh, also with the Blue Jays, you know, they're, they kind of fall in that same boat as well. We don't know where they're going to play. And, you know, with, with COVID uh, surging in certain parts of the country, it could be detrimental to the league. But as of right now, we do have baseball to kick off in a week. And while teams, players, they're still trying to figure out where their home will be for 2020. One player in particular has finally gotten a home, a big name uh, free agent that I was still confused why he was still out there, especially in this short season where if you need some pop and especially with all of the um you know positions available for a DH being added to the National League that just screamed for Yasiel Puig to get signed well we had to wait a little bit but he did finally sign with a new team so we have a great podcast lined up for you we're going to talk about all that right now Let's just dive right into it with Yasiel Puig. What what team did Yasiel Puig end up on? Well, as I talked about with the DH being added to the National League, it was almost a given that Yasiel Puig would end up on a National League roster to go into slate into 
uh, a DH position. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the DH only. He could still field. He has a terrific arm. I mean, the the guy can still play. I believe he's only 29 years old. That's why I was so confused why he was still available this late into um, you know uh, summer camp, if you will. But he did finally get signed, not by the Giants, which was a little bit of a bummer. But he does sign with the Atlanta Braves, which is actually very interesting. And it's still pending. The The deal is still pending due to a physical. So uh, Yasiel Puig, I believe he's getting that in this week. So um, there's no confirmation that the deal has been finalized yet, but they, it is gr- agreed upon with Yasiel Puig. And obviously he has to go through all the COVID um, you know, procedures with joining the club in Atlanta. But he, it's interesting to see that Yasiel Puig is joining the Braves because the Braves actually have a really good roster and I I would assume that they're going to put him in the outfield somewhere. I mean, you imagine that outfield with Acuna and Puig. I mean, that's going to be pretty fun stuff to see them fighting over fly balls. Um, And Yasiel Puig, it was also noted that Markakis, Nick Markakis had opted out of the season about about two weeks ago, um, right after Freddie Freeman for the Atlanta Braves first baseman had tested positive for COVID back on July 3rd. So uh, with Markakis opting out, that added a, a roster spot, especially a major league roster spot, because there's tons of players, right? And there's a lot of prospects in the Braves organization, especially for the outfield. But with Markakis, a major league talent, opting out of the season, you had to bring someone in that can uh, contribute right away. Yasiel Puig is that guy. And we all know Yasiel Puig. We all know his antics. And, uh, you know, I was reading a lot of articles, and they they highlight Yasiel Puig as a controversial player. I understand that. Yasiel Puig has been immature over the years. Uh, you got to remember, he he came into the league very, very young. Um, and again, that's not a cop-out or anything like that, but I'm just trying to paint the picture for Yasiel Puig. You coming in really young, more immature um, than other players in the league, you're going to stand out. And especially Yasiel Puig, who has the personality that wears his emotions on his sleeve. For me personally, when I when he was on the Dodgers, I couldn't stand it because he was a Dodger. But ever since he left the Dodgers, I, I had a new appreciation for Yasiel Puig. So I wouldn't necessarily call him a controversial player. I mean, yes, he did start. He was a, a part of that big brawl when he was with the Reds. Um, I forget who it was. I think it was against the Pirates but uh, or Cubs. I, I don't remember what team it was because I think there was uh, quite a few instances. But you got to look at it, too. He got in that fight, actually, right before he got traded to the Indians. So that's that's pretty funny. But um, you have to look at it, too. I mean, if there's a fight going on, are you are you really going to stand there? Are you going to let your team teammates get beat up? I mean, that's Yasiel Puig just showing that I have your back, you have mine. We're a family. I'm going to take my take care of my own. I would I would do the same thing, Yasiel Puig. So uh, it's really interesting to see that he signs with the Braves. And like I said, just I love Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, and then you throw in Yasiel Puig there. It's going to be um, very interesting to watch. The baby Braves, I guess maybe not so much uh, baby Braves anymore, but uh, to watch the Braves 
compete in this 60-game stretch, this sprint to the finish line, adding Asiel Puig is a big, big bat to add to that lineup that was already pretty damn good uh, in terms of the NL East. So now Yasiel Puig has a home, and that's a player. But we're facing the situation right now that teams actually don't have a home uh, or are unsure of a home at the current moment because with everything going on in the country, uh, with COVID-19, with cases rising in certain parts of the country, uh, you know, there, there's certain regulations um, for the cities of some of these major league teams, one being the Nationals. And the Nationals, it's very interesting because they are the first game. I'm not even saying, you know, the opening day is the 24th. The Nationals are playing on the 23rd. So a day before everyone else, they are the kickoff to the major league season on the 23rd at 7 08 Eastern time against the New York Yankees as they start their title defense. Now, with that being said, we are shorter than a week away from the 23rd. We're six days away from the 23rd, depending on when you listen to this. But if you're listening to it, when this episode drops on Friday, we are six days away from the 23rd of July. So with that being said, the Nationals, with everything going on, they're having to explore alternative sites. Now, like I said, they have to play the Yankees on the 23rd. They're hosting the first game of this 60-game season. It's crucial to get this right in this first game. And it's a little bit concerning being that you're looking at the, the first game of the year that might have to be relocated. So that's that's a little bit of a concern. Now, the Nationals, they've actually been looking at alternative sites um, where, you know, people within the organization have knowledge on the situation. They're looking at their Class A stadium in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and they're also looking at their spring trading facility in West Palm Beach, Florida. So the Nationals, they're trying to figure it out. Maybe they're going to be able to play there, but with, uh, you know, like I said, less than a week, for um for the for the game to to happen the, right now with everything going on in DC it doesn't look like the covid restrictions are going to allow the nationals to play in DC but we'll have to follow that uh but it's very interesting because the nationals they've had 10 players and one coach um enter into that 14 day quarantine uh that is a procedure from MLB and from the district that they play in. Uh, so those players, they contracted it and or and or they were potentially exposed to coronavirus. So uh, that's kind of the whole situation there. But since the intake screening, they only had two players that test positive for COVID. So um, it, it's kind of up in the air for the Nationals, but they are looking for alternative locations for other teams you know, especially within California, because California just shut down earlier this week uh, for the second time during this whole pandemic. The Dodgers are also in somewhat of the similar situation. And go figure, they play right after the Nationals. The, the, the Nationals and the Yankees start off the season on the East Coast, and then the Giants and the Dodgers kick off the season on the West Coast. So they're playing at 10.08 Eastern time 
uh, 7 o'clock West Coast time for those of you on the West Coast. But the Dodgers, they're in the same situation as the Nationals. But the only thing there is that the Dodgers actually, it hadn't been reported that the Dodgers are actually actually looking at alternative sites. So, uh, but it's a little bit concerning because with California that just shut down, cases continue to rise. They set a record. California set a record for COVID cases earlier this week. I believe it was at 11,000 in a day. Uh, so it's not looking good for the California teams at the current moment, mostly Los Angeles, uh, the team that we're talking about right now, especially in that L.A. area, because as of the 14th of July, uh, L.A. Public Health, they reported in a day with 14 or four four thousand two hundred and forty four new cases, 73 new deaths and twenty one hundred people in uh the hospitals right now so as of right now the total confirmed cases uh in la county is up around 140,000. so it's it's pretty bad in la uh i know baseball is secondary health is is primary so we have to follow that situation but as far as what we know dodgers at least aren't making it public that they won't be playing in Dodger Stadium. But as of right now, the Dodgers are still due to start off the season at Chavez Ravine in Los Angeles. And then another team that is dealing with more more uncertainty. And this one, it's a little bit hard to to see if it's possibly going to continue. And and I'm talking about the Blue Jays. We've talked about the Blue Jays before on this podcast uh, because earlier, before summer camp, officially kicked off the blue jays didn't necessarily know if they were going to hold their summer camp in uh the rogers center in toronto so they did get approval from the government for only and i do repeat only the summer camp training uh exercises that were going to go on but the blue jays you know with the regular season it's still up in the air. It's still up in the air with the coronavirus uh, pandemic. They're still awaiting the approval from the from Canada's federal government. So with the Blue Jays, they don't necessarily start the season at home. They start actually on the 24th in Tampa, but they do have a home opener five days later against the Nationals. So two teams that are potentially up in the air for um, you know for for host sites. They're going to be playing possibly somewhere outside of Toronto. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go because the whole thing with the Toronto situation is that, you know, MLB, just for them to get started, MLB had to get an exemption from the Canadian government that was because pretty much the, the Canadian border with U.S., it remains closed to non-essential travel and it will continue to uh, be closed until August 21st at the very earliest. Now, with everything going on, Major League Baseball got an exemption from the Canadian government uh, for non-essential reasons. They had to self-isolate for 14 days. And what the Toronto Blue Jays ended up doing was that they created a quarantine environment at the Rogers Center and joining the hotel that is connected to the uh, to the stadium, the Toronto Marriott City Center Hotel, which overlooks the field. So players have been there ever since summer camp got kicked off 
in Toronto. They haven't been allowed to leave. And then we heard about the possible penalties of violations, including fines up to 750000 which is freaking crazy. Uh, and then the, the up to or around six months in jail for a possible violation of those uh, those quarantine regulations. So that's the whole situation in, in Toronto. And the Toronto, Bla- the Toronto Blue Jays uh, president, he actually came out and said that visiting teams would not leave the Rogers Center and the hotel um, w- during the regular season as planned, if it's approved. So it, it's a lot of moving pieces. It's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of compliance with the Blue Jays players uh, while they're playing there and also with the teams that come into Toronto. It's, it's a lot of compliance there. So it's it's a lot of moving pieces, but the Canadian government has yet to um, to approve it. So they've, they've also talked about alternative sites because this is more... So, so that they might not be able to play in the Rogers Center. I mean, officials in Toronto, they've said that they do want baseball to be played in Toronto, even if the fans aren't there. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens here with the Blue Jays. But that's three teams that are potentially facing uh, possible relocation for the 2020 season for those 60 games. Uh, so we, we just got to follow it. And being a week out from the start of the regular season, It's a little bit of crunch time, so uh, people want to know, especially with travel, you want to know where you're going, you want to know what, you know, normal place you're going to be in, especially for the Blue Jays, if they're going to be held in a quarantine for, you know, the remainder of the season. I mean, pretty much, if they're playing in Toronto, they can't go anywhere uh, until they have to go on the road, so, um, and even then, they might have more stronger um, regulations, you know, procedures as far as when they travel on the road to comply when they go back to Canada. So it's it's a whole big situation, uh, multiple teams. I mean, if it, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it already. So, I mean, there's a reason why the sports have taken this long to get started. But you're going to have, you know, basketball. With, with basketball, they have their own uh, – COVID crisis going on with high-profile players testing positive for uh, coronavirus. So you got uh, MLS where games have already been canceled or postponed, I would say, um, and teams actually got disqualified from participating in the MLS um, is back tournament. So there, there's a lot of problems, a lot of, you know, um, I'm not going to say unfixable problems because they're still working on it, but a lot of kinks need to get worked out before we get to uh, opening day, which I get, again, I say is in a week, which I, my mind is blown um, given, you know, with all this new information, I'm just still shocked that the league is still moving forward at this point. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta hope that they're holding the player's best interests in, uh, in perspective, you hope they're not just only after the money. So, I mean, let's see how this goes. We're a week away. I'm still excited for baseball. I mean, we're going to talk about the opening day pick If you want to try to win some money, we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. But before we get to that, we have to talk. I mean, the whole main topic of this conversation was COVID. And COVID-positive players have continually 
been showing up on the timeline. And recently, Austin Meadows, star uh, outfielder for the Tampa Bay Rays, has been placed on the injured list on the IL for testing positive for COVID. And he's the second Tampa Bay's player to uh, test positive for COVID-19. And then we go back and we talked about Freddie Freeman, who tested positive for covid uh, in the intake stage on July 3rd, looks like he's unlikely for the opener. And the Braves might also be without their all-star reliever, Will Smith, and uh, right-handed pitcher, Tuki Toussaint. So uh, it's going to be interesting. They still haven't tested positive, or they still haven't tested negative, despite being asymptomatic. So it's going to be interesting, because that that's the whole thing, too. When players do contract the virus, how does it, you know, how do you move forward from that? And, you know, Freddie Freeman, again, he t- he tested positive for this uh, July 3rd, and we're almost at the end of July now. I mean, we're getting into uh, the, the last week or, or uh, about the last week of July, and he still isn't cleared to come back. But then you look at DJ LeMahieu, who also tested positive on the same day, maybe a day after. It was reported on July 4th that DJ LeMahieu for the Yankees tested positive for COVID, but he's set to rejoin the Yankees this week. So um, it's it, it's a it's a toss up. I mean, everyone has different reactions to it. I mean, uh, some are severe, some aren't. I mean, I would say that Freddie Freeman is on the higher end of the spectrum. I mean, that that really opened up a lot of the Braves' uh, eyes, which uh, in in uh, in return forced Nick Markakis to opt out. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting season, and we still haven't gotten there yet. Players are still trying to figure it out, the testing situation and all that kind of stuff. So we might have a little bit more opt-outs from players as we move into the week of opening day and not even players just umpires too umpires have opted out we've had 11 umpires opt out of the season already so the thing there we're gonna see how good uh you know how good the umpires that opted out actually are (laughs) you know that that's gonna be the thing uh because we always love to give to give crap to the officials, to the referees, to uh, the umpires for not, you know, seeing that the strike was just inside the the strike zone, but he called it a ball, or he was ju- he was just late on the tag, but he called them safe. Like you know, we get we give the umpires a lot of a lot of crap over the years, um, but remember, you know, when the the NFL had the replacement refs, that that was. That was horrible. (laughs) I'm not going to say that the umpires are going to take it to that level of incompetence, but just get prepared. We may have some hiccups in the umpiring crews uh, in that first week or so. Uh, I don't know where they're going to pull the extra umpires. I would assume they're from the minors, I guess. I'm not really sure. So um, umpires opting out as well. But the latest player that was the opt-out is Joe Smith. Uh, from the Houston Astros veteran reliever, he ho- he opt out, and he's the 14th player so far to opt out. But we still do have the season that is a week away, and I want to talk to you guys before I let you go. It's going to be a shorter podcast this week. I don't I don't have as much to to talk about, but um, with opening day just a week away. The MLB is actually doing a pick 'em, which is free. You get 15 picks, and what you do is you go on there, you click on the link, 
and you get all this all the games. Like you can you can click the winner of Yankees Nationals, you can pick the winner of Giants Dodgers and it's just like that for the 23rd and the 24th which are the opening days uh for this league season. So the reason why you want to do it, I mean, just go out there and do it. You can win yourself some money. I, I'm definitely going to do it. You can possibly win $100,000. So anytime that you can sign up for free and win some money, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to tell me twice. So definitely you guys check that out too. Um, I, I'm excited about it. I'm looking at it. And, so, and some uh, opening day starters haven't been listed yet, so I'm not going to make my selections uh, just yet because a lot of them are – to be determined, but I mean, you you already have some of them uh, popping up. You have uh, Jack Flaherty already named the starter. You got Johnny Cueto and Kershaw uh, for that first game. Cole and Scherzer, which is a, a is, uh, that's going to be a phenomenal uh, pitching duel, I would assume, no matter where they play, uh, whether it's in uh, D.C. or if it's in Florida or if it's in Virginia. I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a great matchup there with the Nationals and the Yankees, but a lot of other teams, they haven't named their, their starters yet. So I would probably check back in, a, in about three or four days. Maybe you have the opening day starter uh, slated in there and then you can make your picks. So um, I don't know about you guys. I am really, really excited for the season, despite everything that's going on in the world today. Um, you know, the, the season that's kicking off in a week, I, I'm just you know, it's it's a little bit of a, a breath of fresh air. There's something on there. Like even with MLS coming back, it's really uh, brought back my 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 mentals. If if you guys uh, know what I mean, so I can't wait for this season. I know you guys can't wait either. So we're almost there. You only have a couple of more days, and then we're gonna kick it off real real nice. So you guys have a good one. Be safe. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next time right as we lead up to opening day. Have a good one.